0: Hello and
1: welcome to the round fourteen fan cams. After the Blues win a game of football, can you believe it?
0: That that was that, that was good. That, that was good. I, I, I needed that. We all needed that. Um, we needed it, don't you? I mean, you you need it. I mean, to put it in perspective, it doesn't mean much. We're still fourteen. We're just moved up to thirteen for a mile away um, from where it is. But <laughs> fucking hell.
1: <laughs> oh nah. I, mean, I think it's it's the manner in which we did it, isn't it? I think we were all like, you know, we have got to win today. Um and if it was going to be a scrappy sloppy win, we probably wouldn't have been as joyous as we are now, but I think in the manner in which we did it, um that was really pleasing, wasn't it?
0: We've been nothing short of deplorable this year, but the moment's good. It's nice to have a bit Yeah. Of Pressure valve release. I almost, I almost forgot the words. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what it felt like. That just. I just it's, it's foreign.
2: We're back. No, we're not back. We will take it. Four points. That's the way I look at it. It's uh, job done. And three really good quarters. I thought you could just see there was a spark there, and yeah, they came out and showed us something that I think we've all just really been wanting to see from this group. That. Has been, I don't know, it's almost like the things that they were working on weren't sticking, but it seemed to click and find a way today. Yeah, had it told me that we'd win by more points than Salami made today, I would have laughed.
1: <laughs> I did, I tried. I tried to tell you.
2: It was good to see hitting targets, it was good to see them capitalising in front of goal. I can't stress this enough. We went into halftime this week at 10 and 5. We went into halftime last week at 3 and 10.
1: Terry, what's up? Mate, I'm, I'm good. What's up? We've got to win. 10 goals. Happy. Finally,
2: Finally. Um, I was absolutely pumped. It's a win. Take the four points. Um, it's like, it's not, like, we don't get too carried away over it. Um, there was a few things that um, I love seeing today. Um, our ball
0: movement was incredible, way better. But the-
1: I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but damn it. I'll upload that after the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blue Abroad show. <sighs> after a win, after a win. Got Pommy. I've got Joe. What's happening, lads? I'm not used to this. Joe, you're the guest here. Joe. <laughs> <True. laughs> True. how are welcome mate
2: thank you it's been a while it's good to be back uh there's a few a few in the comments saying uh that i have passed on my wi-fi
1: tea, i think test tonight which makes it that's about it's about right <laughs> i didn't want to say it but you know just gonna say that that compilation works every single week yeah no that
2: makes sense absolutely makes sense
1: no i'm good how are your boys yeah we're good pommy mate long time no see
0: yeah it's been a long seven minutes hasn't it hey, but- It is a long time—seven weeks—since we've done this show with an ounce of smiles.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that's what it's all about. I think we all know, not like we're not getting too carried away. Well, I don't know, but also it's important to have a bit of a pressure release this week, you know. Amen. Joe, what was the vibe on Sunday?
0: What makes salami next week?
1: Yeah, I want to know about Sunday. Yeah. I want to know about this salami situation. I want to know about the show on Sunday. What's your story? There's there's so many people that have said, just make salami every week. Don't
2: ever go to a game again. I think I think we genuinely have to try the theory at some point. Uh, I think Dan's actually making salami next month, so we might might test it then. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, no, it was a good day on Sunday, regardless. I, well, I was spewing that we couldn't make it, considering the vibes that it looked like were being had at uh, at the G. But, you know, watching from home was still just as good.
1: Yeah, no, fair. Can you run me through the process of making salami? Because I'm, I'm not Italian, I'm Greek, so we don't do these things. So, what, what do does you guys it, make? Tureki and Easter, we, yeah. we crack eggs on Easter, like you yeah. know,
2: yeah, okay. It's oh, yeah, it's 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 quite yes, Lana 41 salami. Lana was obviously tuned in last night and on socials, but uh, yes, we basically you buy you either buy the pig and you cut it up yourself, or you can buy the meat already minced and then. From there, it's uh, you, you basically do whatever you want, pepper, fennel if you want to do fennel, um, white pepper, black pepper, cayenne pepper, paprika, mix it all in, keep mixing it in, keep mixing it in, and then put it through the machine, feed it through into the intestines, um, and you hang
0: it up for six weeks, and that's it.
1: Oh, okay. And then in six weeks, it actually becomes ready to, to eat properly.
0: Yep. bit like Carlton's midfield. It <laughs> takes a bit of time to get gone. Add
1: some ingredients, let the process happen. Six six
0: weeks, six losses, and then you've got a you've got a team ready to win by ten goals again. That's it. That should have been Voss's press conference when the same way well, hasn't happened for six weeks. He's like, oh well, our midfield system is salami. So <laughs> it's not bad. It's actually a good analogy. I like it. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, big stuff tonight, guys big stuff tonight so this is what's going to happen we are going to talk about the game round 14 firstly we're going to give some votes we're going to do a honorable mention because we just haven't been able to do that lately because we don't do it in losses because we're petty like that then we're going to talk about storylines from the game and then once we're done with the game i'm going to do the draw the 10k giveaway uh for those who entered uh entries are now closed Chalas. It's done. So tonight we're going to do the draw. I'm going to share my screen afterwards. I'm going to I've put all your names into a wheel and I'm going to spin them out, wheel them out, and uh, we'll go from there. So without any further ado, those of you playing along at home, give us three words to describe round 14. Pommy, I'll get you to start with round 14 and then Joe, you just flow in after that.
0: It was great to see... Voss go back to what made us great. It was. It felt like a big, everything felt like a big fuck you to the AFL from start to finish, from TDK's tackle on wits having massacred the Rook hit out in the first quarter to the boys just starting to slowly build to going back to what we saw at eight and two, being a real un, unforgiving contested side against a side that is top five in every contested measurement as well. This is, I read a post on Gold Coast Big Footy going, Oh, we'll smash the Blues. They're the worst contested side. This is our strength now. And the boys remembered what it was. And it was amazing how it slowly started, building blocks started to happen. Once Crip started to get an ascension, players started to get some confidence. Multiple rotations. It felt like there was a lot of comments about Voss was stuck in his ways. Arrogant. We saw more changes, more chopping and changing than we've ever seen. And before you know it, Carlton opened up that corridor on the second, and it looked like 8-2 and Carlton, didn't it? Like, 10 goals in a row? Come on, I haven't got that excited on the watch-along for about a year. They were lucky I came back half-time with clothes on. I'm going to be honest, the watch-along. It, it crossed my mind. Let's just do the rest nude. Twelve unanswered palm, not 10, 12. It was uh it was it
2: was it was a long time coming. Long time coming. Um, but I agree, I agree. It, we went back to basics, something Dan said on our podcast for a few weeks now. Get back to basics, get back to what we're good at. Use the one wood out of the middle and 43 to zero, scores from center bounce, says it all. Um, that is as comprehensive a dominant as comprehensive a dominant performance if if i've even said that right as what you'll see from our midfield group to be honest um yeah uh, that that has honestly felt like and and it has been a year since we've seen it so um nothing else to say like you you can't you can't not be happy with what with
0: what you saw on sunday dare i say Voss was right once they got that nourishment By, oh, by the boys. I mean, 72 points, Terry. Stoppage and clearance.
2: I mean, that that early scoreboard pressure, I've been crying out for it for weeks. And sure, we may have got some better looks as well in front of goal, I think, early on especially. But we've had some looks in previous weeks where it's like, if we kick that one, maybe we get on a roll and we just haven't been able to do it. And it was good to see that the boys just got that little bit of confidence boost injected into the side from converting set shots and getting around everyone. It was just, it was nice to see. Very nice to see.
1: I've got to ask, what the hell was said at quarter time and what do you think? I mean, we've been asking what's the problem for six weeks. What in the world happened at quarter time for them to find the gear that led to the second quarter, do you think?
2: Well, I mean, it was a slow start, right? But you think about previous weeks, especially against Essendon and Sydney, they're the two games I look at. We've actually tried to play a bit more run and gun. So it just hasn't it just hasn't come to fruition. We've missed handballs, we've missed targets and and we haven't obviously hit the scoreboard. But in those two games in particular early on, you you, you saw that we tried to go with that run and gun and, and dominance out of the middle and we just couldn't capitalise. Whether something was said at quarter time or whether it was just a, a this three, four week block of building into what we eventually saw, I'm not sure. But, you know, a lot of people have criticised Voss for game day tactics and not being able to get the boys up on game day and this and that. I know it's only one performance, but it does it does silence a lot of that noise after what we saw after quarter time because there's not many teams that can turn their form around that quickly that I've seen this year.
1: Yeah, no, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. <clears throat> Pommy, any other interesting things of note? I'll tell you what I noticed. The shepherding. Mm. The basics. Handball, hands out, shepherd, create space, selfless.
0: That's That's a a big thing that I
1: noticed this week.
0: I thought the second quarter, it felt like Voss, I'm only guessing, but it felt like Voss, we always ask each other on the watch along, what, what would you say? And the big take out from all of us was just die trying. Like what's holding you back? You felt it in the first quarter, there was them cozy kicks, the possessions for the sake of possessions. And it was inviting pressure. But you could see when we did take the game on in spurts in the first, Gold Coast were vulnerable. And that second, that f- we started that second quarter so sublimely. It was a real aggressive stoppage. It was a real dare and dash. And you can see it slowly start to build. And I wonder if that's what Voss said. If Voss just said, look, they're going to kill us if we lose this game, right? So the only way out of this mess is you go out and you play. And if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But is anyone else sick of getting beaten by playing a different brand of football? And I thought TDK, honestly, he won't get the kudos. He was in the coach's votes, quite rightly so. But I thought he really did set that standard because he had the hardest job on the ground against Wits. That's the only part of the ground Carlton were outnumbered in a rating rise, the Rook. And he stood up, he took his medicine, He lost the hit-outs, but he won the battle around the ground. And I think no young makes that bat line look good. And I'm telling you now, Voss's system isn't dramatically different to last year. It's just more offensive from the back half. And when there's no Lewis Young and you replace him with Kemp, it instantly makes them go faster. And you saw it in that second quarter. Every time Young got the ball, he was like, right, off you go. Off you go. Off you go. And eventually, they had to run. And when they did, they hurt them. Thank you very much, Mrs. Pom
1: yeah Joe this was the line in the salami game <laughs> Jesus well done, I'm
2: glad I'm glad I can add some value yeah it's good <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I, I don't want to get too caught up in what does it mean because we don't know I think Rocco said it well on the fan cams last night or yes yeah last night I think we get we all do we all get caught up in wanting to know what does each week mean for the the season. We try and make a conclusion based off the moment. Um, at the end of the day, I think what it meant was just a 24 hour, 48 hour period of, of relief for everyone involved. I've got to tell you at the function and everyone at the ground that I spoke to, it was so tense and there was so much angst in the air. Like we were just waiting to watch it again. Um, I don't remember feeling that way and feeling everyone else feeling the same way as well before a game. Um, what was it like where you were watching it, Joe?
2: We were pretty relaxed because we'd, uh, we'd, we'd had a nice feet of pasta for lunch and we'd just finished oh. off making the salami and whatnot. But uh, I don't know, Like it was, it was a weird one. Like it, the game started and the, like for, they come out the first quarter and it's like it's just going to be more of the same. Like, this is it. And it, it literally felt like only its quarter time. Like, all right, like, this is just where we're at. We've just got to grin and bear it, get through it. And then, I don't know. It was, it was almost surreal watching the second quarter unfold, especially that first five minutes, because it's like, I, I can't remember a game this season where we've piled on goals so quickly and consecutively. I was trying to think of the last time we saw three straight against the Oppo. And I think it may have been the Dogs game potentially, but not that quickly. That was over like a quarter. Well, we we kept them scoreless and were able to put on a few, but I don't know. It was just, it was, it was a bit surreal, but then, you know, I don't know, you reflect on the game a bit and it felt like a lot, like last year, it was one quarter of dominance that put the game away and sort of said this for a few weeks now, like what, what is our identity? Are we that team that can put away a team early with one quarter and then hold them off? Is that who we want to be? That it does open up, you know, um, some risk, in terms of you can burn out too early in the game. If you don't build the lead quick enough, then you could, you could get slaughtered in the back half or in the second half. Sorry. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's when we look our best and watching it, even from home, it was exciting again. Like it was, it was genuinely exciting to watch.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, let's, let's give some votes out because we haven't done this in too long. So, those of you in the chat, give us a three, a two, and a one. I'm going to go around. Start with you, Pommy. Three, two, one. Then Joe, you give a three, two, one, and then we'll all go around and give a an honourable mention. Uh, before we do that, Uweda has donated our fifty and says we're winning the flag if we play like this every week. So that's that's what it means. Genuinely <laughs> true. Um, yeah. So, chat three, two, and one. Pommy, we'll start with you, mate.
0: One vote. Mr. Headband himself, TD Headband, straight into one vote. I tell you, he's, he's, he's sorted himself out, said it many weeks now. That headband he's been wearing, pathetic. That was a proper one. Whoever he's stolen that off, well done. You're a proper footballer now. Two votes without a shadow of a doubt, Brody Kemp. Love him. I don't want to see young in that bat line now. We're, we're Port Adelaide, small bat line, play football. And three votes. Tell you what, a couple of years ago you all told me off when I jokingly said I've never liked Italians. It was a joke. The man who's made me fall in love with Italians. It used to be Paolo and Joe, but now it's Jera. Tell you, I might even support them at the World Cup now. <laughs> if we make it. Uh, <laughs> that's genuine
2: too. Uh yeah, I had uh I had one for Kemp. I thought he was brilliant. 20 touches off the uh out of the back line. I think 10 or 11 uh, intercept possessions within that. His kicking was brilliant. I think he went at 80%. And he really set us up going forward. I think Kemp is exactly what we thought Young would do this year, and Young just hasn't even been near it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, with uh, the upside that Kemp's got, he can continue on this trajectory in his development. Uh, I actually gave two to Crips. It was good seeing back three goals, twenty-seven. You can't ignore it. Like, sure, one of the goals was in sort of junk time, but I thought he, I, I thought he looked, he looked more confident, especially out of the centre, and he looked like he. He could trust in his teammates a lot more out of that centre bounce, which was which was nice to see. And yeah, I'm with Pom three for Ches. The the bloke, if we if we had, if, I think if we were at about seven or eight wins at this point, I, he'd be right up there for the round. Though his his form has gone well under the radar across the competition. Well under chesler
1: The Cheslow. <laughs> yep. I like that. I went. I gave one to Wiedering. I gave two to Chera. And I gave three to Crips. I'm a bit biased towards our leaders. I think for me, it was it was around. Uh, I think they've been letting us down for a while and letting themselves down, and full of pressure. And, and I've been screaming out, "Where are the leaders?" So I did love Kemp's game, though. I think we've we've found a little something there, and it just seems like every time he plays, he just gets more comfortable at the level. Um, but yeah, I think weedering considering what he's been through, clearly on the field, and if you go back, maybe even four weeks ago. He just, you know, he was looking so much of a shell of himself. And I think he's starting to come out of it to the point where like he 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 made Ben King look like real second rate. Um and that's just a credit to to Weeders. So, um, and then Cripps, another one who's just been feeling it and playing like the world of, is on his shoulders. And yeah, to see him hit the scoreboard, set shots from forty out, forty-five out, you know, that's when you know he's at his best. So um yeah, that was good. Honourable mention for each of you. So a little bit of a, you know, underrated player, doesn't get too much kudos. Who's your honourable mention?
2: I wouldn't say underrated, but Walshie, you know, stiff, real stiff. Not in any of our votes, and I thought he had a brilliant game. Uh, it looked like he was running on top of the ground again, which was good, looked a bit more free. Disposal was a lot better, especially going forward
0: and, and forward of centre. So I think Walshy's a bit stiff to miss. Hmm. Well, I mean, to answer your question, Terry, I mean, Ben King's the worst player in his family. I've always said it, so uh, Weetering just underlined that for me. Um, But uh, underrated, honourable mention, I am giving it to Jack Martin. Tell you what, that, that first entry that he turned into a goal, right, is the classic Carlton entry. It's overcooked. It was panicked. But he was the level headed reliability. Um, the goal from the pack was brilliant. And you know what? Seeing Jack Martin call players, I really enjoyed that this week. There was a few times he he berated Matty always in the second quarter mm-hmm. for not helping him, um, not being in the right place. And it, it felt it was probably the best eight touch game I've ever seen, to be fair. It felt like so much more. I was genuinely shocked when I did the reviews for you, Terry, the ratings. I felt like he was—he'd had eighteen. Like in my mind, I was like, he was everywhere, and some of his dummy leads in that second just opened it up as well. Not many players do that Cal and they all lead to the same ball. So I thought Jack Martin—you know—an actual real forward, real forward. Let's hope he stays fit because I tell you what, he does things to me. Does Jackie Martin? Like yeah. I think I've not been that excited since I saw Red Lace for the first time. <laughs>
1: Very good. Very good. <laughs> I'll give you a guy. So it's not Dave Cunningham. And I know Dave Cunningham's the story, getting back to footy, awesome. Like we, we love seeing Cunners back in the side and he's a one-touch player and, and, and we love it. There's another guy that hasn't played for a long time in the ones who came in, played a small forward, had a few pos- possessions at center bounce in the midfield, also saw him in the back line covering, covered the ground well, And the one thing about this guy that I wanted to just like highlight was the fact that he was at the fucking drop of the ball most Mm. of the time. And that's Lockie Mm. Fogarty. Mm. Stats probably don't paint the most amazing picture. And I get that. But he's a guy that I just thought, like, that's it. He's just a guy on the list. He's clogging the list up. Never going to really see him play again. Fair play. Fair play to him to get back in the side. And thank goodness. It's so good to see someone at the drop of the ball. I think we've gotten sucked into um the
2: ceiling of the of guys like Durden and Motlop and overlooked yep. a couple that probably should have gotten a look in a lot earlier. I think that's I, I think I think Lockie Fogarty, he's what, 24, 25 now, really should be hitting his straps as a footballer, had enough time to develop back in the twos. Oh, I'm with you, Tez. It, the the front and center, I think he had two of them. Was something that we haven't seen. Dirds Motlop, even though he's at times do for the majority of this season at all, honey. He's had his chance. Never really saw a front and center, but two in a game, two direct goal assists from that. It's everything that we've been screaming out for on the forward line. Palm, you you spoke about the the Jack Martin one, and he he was another one. Where that entry inside fifty was was piss poor. It's as, it's as Carlton as twenty twenty three as it gets. But this is where 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 we sort of talk about personnel. And if you if you've got the right personnel there, they can make bad things look really really good. And always Fogarty and Martin at times made bad things look really really good. So you know they're not they're not the the, the highlight names. They're not the flash players. But as long as they play a role and get the job done, I couldn't care less who's playing out there because
0: if we get that output every week from small forwards, playing no problem. It's no surprise, Tez, as well, that when you think where he comes from, If we when we went back to that first ratings video, you asked what a good score was, and I said that Geelong are boring. They get sixes all across the board. Their they're B-graders hit sixes, which raises the A-listers to eights and nines because they do their job. He comes from that system where a role player is a god, and I can prove that. Chris Scott, eight months ago to the day, was asked the question who replaces Joel Salwood? Is it danger? Is it a draftee? And he said, without a shadow of a doubt, Tom Aikins. And the report giggled. You heard him go. <laughs> and his response was Tom is like Joel, in that he gets he he tries his heart out defensively, offensively, and overall all the time. And he sets the standard. He will make the tackle that no one else will. He will cough up blood for this football club. And he is the natural successor to Joel Salwood. And you look at Tom this year; it's been sensational. And that's what Foggy is. He's not sensational. He's not going to change the game. He just does his job all day. And you know what? I agree with Joe. Maybe Durden and Motlop were gifted games when we should have gone with what we know, what we know. Because I do the VFL reports all the time. Fog outshines all the Smalls, and he plays twenty percent there but he always does it. And Dow's form is 100% down to Fogarty. Fogarty protects him 24-7 in that VFL. No one gets near Dow because Fog hurts them. So I loved it. Joe, what do you say about
1: the forward line setup that we've had? You know, We've pretty much solidified this theory of having three smalls and maybe through injury we needed to change that. And now I think with Motlop, probably just, you know, dropping form a little bit, make some changes and he, and he comes out of the side. Um, is there such thing as having your mix that stays the same for the entirety of the season? Or is this just a reminder that it just has to keep changing and evolving with the times?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's the first time we've seen a change in that sort of structure, right? All season. And it's the first time that I can remember that our midfielders have took it upon themselves to actually hit the scoreboard as well. So I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but maybe, maybe without having that reliance on, on, I don't know. It just it, 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 for me. If 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 you look at that aspect of it, maybe maybe naturally by not having or relying on Durden and Motlop and Oes to be the ones at ground level to just hit the ground, try and lock the ball in. Maybe the mids looked at it and went, "Fuck, we need to roll up here and we need to actually like we need to make sure that we press high because that's that's what it felt like." And by, by doing that, they naturally got looks at goal. Crips, Cherry hit the scoreboard. They kicked five between them. When's was the last time we saw uh, two midfielders kick five between them? You have to go back to the first half of last year. So, you know, Voss is 18 months in. It's still early. Like, there's a lot of people that are calling for change and this and that. Like, I think we lose sight of the fact that there is so much still being learnt. And, yes, it's been frustrating. It was six losses in a row and none of us expected that at any point in this season. None of us. But maybe this just gives gives it a little bit of perspective of, you know, it can, come, it can come together quickly. Whether it will or not, I'm not sure. But changing those structures, changing those things, whether it be forced or whether it be through form, this is everything that they're going to find out just by week to week, not 18 months in, but three years in, four years in, five years in, what's it going to look like, you know? So, yeah. Yeah.
0: All I right. Think the truth is he doesn't know his best 22. No, absolutely I, not. I, I think at the moment you've got Motlop, who is phenomenal. On his day, he's better than Fogarty, he's better than Durden, he's better than Owis. Ceiling-wise, far better, right? But in reality, we don't have a Eddie Betts, who we know we can get six out of ten every week. Mm. So he has to be seven, eight out of ten. Fog, we know he's not going to be a nine out of ten footballer, but we know he's going to give you six. So it's it's trying to find it. And I think this week was a pleasing, we had one less midfielder than we usually have, and we had one more forward than we usually had, and suddenly we had to rotate. And you saw the midfielders came into the game natural, naturally because they had to. We had to rest one across forward. So I think that that is a positive. That moving forward, like Joe says, this can change quickly. Cowton could go four in a row. By the after Hawthorne, we potentially could be two points out of the eight. Let that sink in. Two points out of the eight. Like we were gonna, we're all gonna, you know, drink drink the horrible Kool-Aid last week, two weeks' time, we could be back on real Kool-Aid. Like, do you know what I mean? Go, oh, we're finals, boys. Like, that's, that's how crazy it happens.
2: Save it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I'm not drinking it. No way. No way. I'm not getting sucked in. I'm happy, but I'm not getting sucked in. Um. All right. Let's go through a storyline as well that you've maybe picked up lately that you think he's going to come to the, come to the top of the, of the table. Joe, you got something?
2: I don't want to be negative, but, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, and with Jack Silvani this season, there's a lot of smoke, a lot of smoke is what I'm saying. And, uh, and hearing and, uh, you know, did we miss him? I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I think I, I genuinely think that's going to be one in the next couple of weeks that, uh, that we not that we might hear a bit more of, that, uh, that I, I just think that a lot more people are going to start talking about. And with Jack, you know, if is in this sort of form, I don't see him coming back in. I don't think we missed him. Um, I just don't see a role. I, I really don't. I don't see a solid role in this team for Jack. And it's nothing on Jack, it may just be the structure of our team playing next to Harry and Charlie full-time is difficult. And the fact that we're probably one Ruckman short to make sure that we've got a solidified Ruck that he doesn't have to chop out makes it even more tough because he's got to play that role. Can he play down back? Well, he's he's trying in the VFL. We'll see how that goes in a few weeks. But he's never really had a lockdown role and it's starting to really show. And whether he's getting frustrated with, frustrated with that or not, who knows? But I think Jack Silvani is a storyline that uh, a few a few fans are going to be keeping a close eye on coming
1: out of this one because we didn't miss him, I can tell you for a fact. What do you, so where, how, where do you sit on the scale of, you know, that he's been trialed in, in defense now in the VFL? Like, where do you sit on the scale of down for it or or not not a fan? Well, Lewis Young isn't the player that we thought, well,
2: hasn't been the player that we thought he was going to be. So we're one short already there. It's in the blood, you know. His dad played 300 games there. So maybe it works. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it turns into, you know, a, a Liam Jones story for us. You, you, you don't know, but... I just, uh, yeah, where they smoke this fire and I feel like that one uh, at the moment, it, it's going to become a, a bigger story than what I think uh, what, what I think we realise.
1: Fair. I saw a few good signs from him in the back line and behind the ball of what I watched in the VFL. Pom, where do you sit on the Jack Silvani as a defender narrative?
0: <laughs> um... <laughs> 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 To be honest, I, I feel for Jack because he's just yeah. he's just a study footballer. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think you look at the three big storylines that we're going li- to potentially leave the club: Dow, Joss and TDK. TDK is almost impossible to find in the draft to play the level of games TDK is playing. So he's playing a lot of games. He's always best twenty-two in Voss's system. That's hard to find unless you pick one as a Rookman. You're not going to find it. So that's a problem. But Jack Silvani, as the third high forward, they're ten a penny in the draft. Back line, they're ten a penny in the draft. I, I I love Jack. I like the idea of the putting down the back line, but he ain't getting past Kemp. And it would have to be that role. And he's playing the Kemp role. And he's not quick enough. He doesn't have the ability with the football. He's just a real solid player. So... For Jack to come in, Motlop has to hit his potential. And then potentially you get rid of Jack Martin for whatever reason. He costs too much money. You've got his pressure acts and his defensive capabilities, which then allows Jesse Motlop just to be a pure goal kicker, which I don't think is Jesse's game, incidentally. So it comes a crunch. List management's tough. Eventually you get to a situation where Jack's going to be commanding 300k, 350k where a draftee is 150k. So you think of output, his own career, does he want to be second choice? Probably not. If you can get a third or a second, which will be where these players are in the draft, do you accept it? That's a tough thing. But facts are facts. As Carlton fans, this far into a rebuild, get loose to players you like leaving. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Get used to it, because I'll tell you what, eight players you like won't be here next year. And that's just cold, hard facts of the way the football is. Yep. Mm. Well said. The
1: Booze Hound. I'm surprised they haven't asked j to be rotation's assistant and drive the bus to the game on top of his five positions he's not naturally suited for. (laughs) Yeah, this is why I love Jack though, because Jack will just do whatever and he'll play wherever. I went to a function, can't remember, a year or two years ago, Dill Buckley was hosting it. And um, Jack Silvani was, it was a preseason. It was, it was preseason 2022 because Ash Hansen was there. And I'm talking about, you know, where are they going to play? And Jack Silvani was there at the front. And um, there was QA in the audience. And um, someone asked, like, where's your best position? And he, he said, like, I don't care wherever they tell me to play. So I don't know. Maybe I'm still holding on to the Silvani fairy tale. I just think he's a selfless. Guy that'll play whatever role he's given to the best of his ability, and there aren't too many people that do that um, without soaking it up. Now, I don't know what's going on on the inside, I don't know what the attitude is like on the inside, but um, I know that wherever he does play, you know, he's not a Ruckman, he's playing against big Ruckman, Uh, and this is probably. Probably goes to show where our development's at, in in the sense of the program from the beginning. What were the foundations that were set with the development of the players? That's compounded to this point, where you've got guys like Silvani, Dow, Fisher, some of these other like other types where you're not quite sure what they are. Like Fisher's now found himself off the halfback line. So, yeah, I I, I sense that there's a, there's a byproduct of that lack of development from the early days where we
0: just didn't solidify what they were and. And and here we are. I know he's Lana's boy, and Lana will back me up here. You look at Jack, since he's come into the system, he was originally drafted as a key position player in Mm. his junior year. He played centre-half forward. Then two years in, Carlton started playing him as a midfielder to try and train our midfield to get used to tagging because of his high tackling output, which Patrick Cripps actually talked about when he won the Brownlow, that it was that year that Jack lived on him as a tagger, actually taught him how to break tags. Then he's been a rook. Then he's been a forward. Now he's a backman. You've got to ask yourself this. In reality, in elite level sport, this is going to break people's hearts. But family name and loyalty died a long time ago. Do you know what I mean? It's about winning. It's about winning. And the reason that Jackie's always moved pillar to post is probably because the coaches and the development staff don't see him in the top three players in that position. So do you know what I mean? Logic would have said Harry would have been Rook. It was j So that would suggest to me that Jack needs to find a role quick that is going to compensate a 300K deal, which is what it would be to re-sign him. And I actually like Jack so much that I want him to play best 22, and I think he does fit St. Kilda's system. I think St. Kilda are masters of role players, and they've got enough players to compensate his weaknesses which means count, and then maybe look at a caddy or something like that. So that's the cold, hard facts. But that role for Vossi's side is quite specific, and I don't think he fits Vossi's system, and that's Mm. sad. That's sad. But unfortunately, he'll he'll tear it up at St. Gilda, same as Liam Stocker. Simple roles. Simple roles. Mm. He'll be good at what he does. I did not
1: expect to shoot Bambi on the show tonight.
0: I'm <laughs> so not shooting him. him. <laughs> People get way too much emotionally invested in players. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know. and that's, and
2: it's true, yeah. Plum. You've, you've said this for a long time and I'm, I'm finally there. Like, I've got no attachment to any player on this list at this point. Like, it was fantastic on Sunday. But I think if we're going to move forward as a football club, this that's, it's got to stop. Like, we've just got to look at it and go, what do we need? Do they fit the system? Take the name out of the equation. Take the number out of the equation. Do they fit the system? Yes or no. If it's a no... On your way, go find success elsewhere. And it's not even going to hurt me, to be honest, because I would rather see a flag without Silvani than no flag and Silvani plays 200 games at this point, really.
0: Do you know what I mean? Um, Mate, you could put 22 people called Ralph Schmitz in that team. (laughs) They win a fucking flag, I'll cheer them. No No one's going to care.
2: No one will care. No one will care that day we win a flag, I'll tell you now. Support support
0: Rangers in in a tin pot league where you fall in love with a player and then Aston Villa buy him for 2 million and he's dog shit and he never comes back. <laughs> it, you love the club, not the players. So exactly. I, I love him though. I love Jack, but yeah. if it means we Bobby, can re-sign someone, winner.
1: Storyline from you? Anything else that you're noticing come up just generally with the team, with the performance, like you know, things that are emerging?
0: I actually think I've got a controversial take. Who wants a controversial take, eh? Controversial take. I actually think the best thing that happened to these boys is that dickhead who screamed over the banner. Screamed over the banner. Because I think you saw these players galvanise in a way that they haven't galvanised before. I have not seen engagement like that from the players on the bench and actually interacting with Vossi and Vossi interacting like that. That was a man that was interacting because he realised that, fuck, we need each other. And I think that that has actually galvanised them in a way that no one thought before because they've realised that they had to do it. They realised that. And the big thing they realised, that the fans are behind them. Because that was the best thing that happened because this week, all I've heard, right? Last week, all I heard is people tweeting their shitty takes. Do you know what I mean? And Pom's there reading everyone's takes going, I didn't ask, so why am I seeing them? You know what I mean? I'm a simple man. I ask your opinion if I want it. And the club actually saw when that guy did that, everyone bat the club. Even those who were upset with the performance, no one I knew said, right, that's it. Now, I agree with this guy. Everyone was on the side of the players saying, it's not acceptable, but there's a way that we go about this. There's a way. And I think that that is probably the best thing that's happened because the players and Voss became a leader. And Wowdy, well, mate, it was McCray-esque. It was a dad protecting his boys. His boys. And Bugsbow has a lot of takes, but he's got to think like a sportsman, right? The fans are paramount. I know for facts from speaking to the players, what you say does hurt them, right? It might not reflect, but it does. Good and bad. That'll hurt them more than side-bottom laughing. They won't give a fuck, because at the end of the day, the rivalry is dead. They're all mates. They all drink together. They all have businesses together. But I think they saw that, They saw one dickhead and then they saw the people rally around and go, nah, he's right. We're unhappy with these performances, but we also love the club and we also love the players. Do you know what I mean? And I think it really galvanised them. And I think we talk about the event horizon. I think that was the event horizon. It was the club realising that most people are angry, not at them. They're angry at the situation. But they still very much love them and support them. And I thought the fan base this week who was there was probably the best support I've heard on the rewatch. It was, there was no groans, there was no moaning. That first quarter was dog shit. But I heard for the first time people <laughs> clap them out. <laughs> there was still support, there was noise. And when the boys made that first tackle in the second quarter, bang, the crowd lifted. And I think there was a turning point there. There was a turning point yeah, that, of that club. That's a really interesting
1: point. And I, I was sort of thinking as you were talking, when you talk about who's copped it publicly, externally in the mainstream media, it's, it's you know, and us as in uh, the content creators, we're all talking about them. It's literally gone full circle and it ended with the fans and the fans copped their whack last week. Um, the players, the coaches, the board, the staff, halftime staff, everyone copped it. And the fans got called out last week, rightly, wrongly, however you feel about it. And yeah, they, they
0: were, there was a bit of a full circle moment there. It didn't occur to me. I think it's bigger mm. than that, though. I think that I'd love to know what happened at Shea Kernels. Do you know what I mean? I think that was the turning point. But I really do think, I, I don't see it as the fans copping it. I think the media were, were idiots. Not like, copying it, but you know what I mean. Like no, the spotlight. Like like this is what annoys me at the moment. Socials, honestly, I have been involved a lot with sport and a lot with my own clubs in the UK. And I've never seen a fan base pick on each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's pretty like, crazy. I can list you fifty people of Rangers who I think are complete bell ends. But you know what? When they're on Twitter and socials, I'll back them. Even if they said the sky's black, I'd back them because they're my boys and girls. But mm. You look at it in a context, the club actually saw something, right? That no one was like that. We were angry, but we loved them. And everyone rallied against that guy. And I think that that is a big turning point that the club needed to get out of their own fucking ego a little bit and realise that the people turning up every week do care and they do believe and they believe in such a way that is driving people crazy. And I enjoyed to see Voss's demeanour this week. I enjoyed the selection as well. The selection was the most ruthless we've been for a long time, picking players that Voss probably didn't even know. I don't even think v- Vossy knows Foggit is on the list. He was probably there in that meeting, going "Fuck, we need a small forward," and they're like, "Oh, we got Lucky Foggit," and he's like, who? <laughs> you know him? Number eight guy with shaved head?" And he's like, "Oh, it's like Chera." No, no, it's Fog. <laughs> so that's a big thing for me. So, like, honestly, credit to the fans. You know what, you guys and girls. Don't get enough fucking kudos. But just look after yourselves, man. You're all good people. You're all good people. And support your team in any way you want. Be angry, be happy, be upset. I couldn't give a fuck. But just remember, we're all on the same side. And this time that, uh, and this is Australian sport, they pull your, pull your ego out of your ass sometimes. Humble yourself and realise that it's not you versus them. It's us versus them. Right, And when that happens, it's that. And you see that with cricket at the moment. Australians are very finicky people because suddenly, do you know what I mean? Ooh, a, pom had a go at Usman Khawaja. We wanted him dropped two years ago because he wouldn't wear the alcohol logo because of his religion and he was shit. You guys used to just remember who you are. It's okay. It's you versus us. Us versus them. Unite. Unite a mm. little bit.
1: Very good, Joe. I've got one for you. I know where I you're ate, going. I hate to say it, but there's still a chance, mate.
2: Well, all right. Listen, if we're going to do this, we'll do we'll do it fucking properly, right? So we started eight two. We started eight two last year, did we not? And yeah. then we finished four and seven. We started four and eight this year. Why can't we finish eight and two? Why can't we do the reverse? Why can't why why can't that be a fire starter? If this was if this was a Collingwood or a Richmond and their season started like shit like ours has, they're not gonna put the cue in the rack at this point. All you're gonna hear out of their club is no, nah, like we're gonna to fight to the end. We're just gonna keep fighting. Of course we can do it. Why Why do we have to be that club that puts the Q in the rack midway through the season? Why? Like, I would rather fall two points short and finish in ninth again and have a bit of heartbreak than put the Q in the rack now, win seven, win- have seven wins for the full season, and already start thinking about who we're going to fucking draft and trade at this point. Like, come on. Why can't it be us? Why can't it be us? Why can't we do the reverse? Seriously.
1: The, 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 the optimist in me says we're a chance, and then the pessimist in me that's grown says we're going to make a bit of a run. We're going to get to the second last round of the year, play the Suns again. We're going to need a win to get ourselves into the eight. Levi's going to retire. We'll lose by six goals and cheer him off after the game. And then there will be scenes. If we
2: chair Levi Casbot off, I'm, I'll be done. But <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. And even if that were the case, if we won five straight up until that, or six straight up until that Suns game, I would still be... As, as shitty as we'd be, and as, yeah. oh, it's happened again, it's still a better way to go about this than putting the queue in the rack, start talking about how many draft picks do we need to get Harley Reid into the club and fucking this and that. At the end of the day, why can't it be us? Because Collingwood won 10 straight at this point last year. Port Adelaide have just done it with 11 straight. Why can't we be the next team that just turns it around like that? And then all of a sudden, we're in the finals picture within, like Pom said, two weeks. Two weeks. Why?
1: Mm. Until it's dead, it's alive. So it's only alive by the slimmest of margins, but they've got to get a wriggle on, they need to get a break, then they need to focus on Hawthorne and then we just need to just need to you know, yeah. I don't want to look yeah. too far ahead, but I still There's think no
0: joe's right, there's no fucking point though doing anything in life if you don't yeah. fucking believe. Like honestly, we yeah. might as well just fucking hang shit on them all the time. Like, credit where credit's due, it's still mathematically possible. This season is the most fucked season ever. Teams are battering everyone. It's the closest it's ever been. And what is very lucky for Cowton is the teams that are over-exceeding expectation. You expect them to do a Cowton and run out of legs when we play them. So that's a good bit of news. But Joe's right. Like, imagine that. We go 8-2 and back end of the year and we're, we're the doggies. we're the Because this time last year, the doggies were dead. They were Same. talking about sacking Beveridge. There was rumours Hinkley was coming to the doggies, and it was going to be a big swap. Do you know what I mean? Sam McClure wrote that article. It was going to be the swap. So why can't it be us? Because that is how we play. We are the most energetic side in the league. One win turns into two, two turns into three, three turns into four. Before you know it, everyone's taking the piss round 18. So... Gotta get behind them, and you know what? We'll know if this week was any good if they smash mm. Hawthorn, and then suddenly we can start saying maybe, just maybe, but hey, I'll believe Frio, until you tell me it's time to stop believing. Frio's mm. out of touch, there are bunnies in Perth, we got them after
2: the hawks, and then all of a sudden you won three oh, straight going sure. into Port Adelaide, and it's like, oh,
0: Hey, who you knows? Know. Know.
1: <laughs> Amazing. Well, guess what? It's time for the fucking giveaway. It's time to give out some prizes. I'm so excited. So this is what we're going to do. Firstly, as a celebration of the 10K, like, yeah, I I appreciate all the messages and and everyone that said the kind words. It's time to give back to you guys that make the channel what it is. That is the viewers, that is the content creators and the people behind the scenes. So uh, we're about to draw out the prizes. So this is what's this is what's going to happen? First prize will be this signed twenty twenty one AFLW Guernsey by the team. Corey Durden's signed Guernsey from his first game and the Mark Murphy three hundred shirt. The second thing to be drawn out will be sorry this. This is a two thousand and seven signed polo, and then uh, Corey Durden's jersey from twenty twenty two signed. And then the third will be a Carlton respects Guernsey and the Eddie Betts. Um, what do we call it? 300 was it 350 or farewell game shirt that they made. So three chances to win. I have put everyone's name into the wheel. I'm going to share my screen. I hope this works while we're all while we're all on screen, lads. So I'm going to share the wheel of names. Let me just make sure this works. Okay. Uh, here we go. This is it, giving away prizes. Let me just make sure no one's entered at the very, very last, last minute before I, um, before I start this. No, okay, great, we're done. Thanks to everyone that entered, this is it. I'm going to randomize the names again so you'll see shuffle. I'll do it again, shuffle, and then one more time, shuffle. Okay, prize number one, this is it. Here we go.
0: I'm excited. This dun, dun, is so exciting. Oh, well-deserved. Well-deserved. Wow. Get well wow. Be- your cash back there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> let, me just, uh,
1: <laughs> let me just uh write this down. Um, okay. Well done, so mate. There's prize one. Okay. Uh Close. Okay. Are we ready? Do I shuffle for the second time or like what would, are, are you going
0: to remove Mr. Kraken? Um, well, he's entered five times. Ah, oh, sorry. I'll show up. <laughs> I'll show up,
1: man. I'll remove one. No, I get you. No, I get you. I'll remove one because, yeah, I get No, that. no, it's all right. all right.
0: Ignore me. I'll just show up. No, no, pretty.
1: I am. All right, here we go. Prize two.
0: oh, oh, oh. Oh no way! <laughs> oh, hey, how good was that? Call me Nostradamus.
2: Hey, he entered five times. It's again. It's well deserved. Very good. Very good. <laughs> this isn't rigged. The, that that shows you this is not rigged. It just isn't.
0: Hey, look at that. Hey, three for three. You.
2: I'm, I am I am itching to see three for three here. That would be amazing. The, the be reason that they call me
0: Pomodamus. I <laughs> see the future before it happens. All right. There you go. Number
1: three. <laughs> it was so close. It was so close. <laughs> okay, Andy Pracker. Uh, let me write this down. Andy Cracker has won the next prize.
0: <laughs> that would have been. I'm gutted it wasn't three for three. Oh, it would have been so
1: good. You that know what? So good. Just as a little bit of a a bit of a surprise, I'm going to do another one, and this time, the winner of this next spin will win the the infamous eighty five dollar oh, no. scarf.
0: Cursed <laughs> that scarf.
1: All right. So one more spin. So an extra opportunity for everybody that entered to win. Okay. Here we go. The next person that is drawn here will win the $85 scarf courtesy of the SDG. Here we go. Bang, there you go. All right. Good first name. Daniel Burkett. Okay. So... You guys can get in touch with me. Um, that'd be great. And I will ship these off to you. Thank you very much for entering and and thanks for being here. You know what? It's poetic. Ur has been a great, great supporter of the channel. I think it makes a lot of sense. So poetic, um, genuinely
2: poetic that one. That was unbelievable. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well I'm done.
0: To go free for free. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it sure is your lucky day or and uh thank you well once done, again mate. all right next item on the agenda vfl um boys what did you Pommy? you watched the vfl you did a review joe any news like as in any 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 thoughts no i'm keen to hear uh Pommy's thoughts to be honest because
2: i didn't watch it too closely
0: oh, it was in my neck of the woods it was it was in uh Werribee, so the players did very well um, to survive a couple of that and not get robbed. So that was a a big bonus for him. But um, they Jackson Binz doing Binzy things. He was he uh, was racking it up, and I keep saying it every week. His his defensive work rate. Honestly, he would easily be top fifteen in the draft if they did the draft today. He would have shot up because his work rate is incredible. Um, he was tough to the ball. He was, again, he's going to be one of them players that I can guarantee when he makes his debut, people are going to be like, oh, he's a butcher. But every one of his kicks is a dangerous high percentage play. And as Joe rightly pointed out, if players like Fogg and Martin make them look good, which they do have in the junior, in the VFL, He'll, he'll come on a long way. He'll he'll do really well. J-Sauce playing down the back. Um, had his moments, strong at times defensively, but um I personally don't like the role. I, I don't think he will get ahead of even Cowan. I think you see Cowan's assured already down there. It's his natural position. I'd like to see him play that third forward and give him a fair crack because... Martin's always just an injury away. Motlop disappointed me. He was a bit lazy, gave up sometimes, but defensively was strong, which is a new part of Jesse's game. He's really focused on that defence, and I do worry we might have overcoached his natural aggression out of him. Lockie O'Brien was disappointing, very wasteful on the wing. Um, Jack Carroll, um, he played the fog role, um, being the protection in the midfield and found a lot of the ball and was very tough. Uh, Zachy Fisher playing halfback, shades of Adam Sard at times when he took off. But um, yeah, that's a weird one in playing. I think that's more of a. I feel like that. That's them trying to instill some defensive positioning. We know Voss craves that nourishment. Um, Hewitt was resourceful, was tackling all day. Cowan played the McGovern role. Um, some beautiful intercepts in that game and. Um, Really took the game on. If I was McGovern, I remember the great Cooter saying the hardest thing about playing for 95 Carlton was checking the VFL, the stately reports of the under-19s after you had a shit game because you knew you were out. McGovern might worry. Playing that third intercept row he did, his dash and his ball use was really good. Um Outside of that, yeah, no one really wrote home. Hudson kept trying. um it's nice to see him play full-time in the Rook. Lemmy, a um, bit anonymous this week. Lewis Young, uh, I was very concerned about Lewis Young. He Again, no disrespect to Werribee. They're a strong VFL outfit, but their forwards ain't AFL level. They gave him the runaround. He was very loose. So uh, it's going to be an interesting one. But Binzi definitely put his hand up. Carroll... Watch the space with Carroll, especially while Foggett is there. He, he added some layers this week. And, and Hewitt, yeah, tackled as hard as possible.
1: Mm. Joe, this probably leads into a, another point. So Cottrell DDT'd the fuck out of somebody <laughs> on Sunday. I didn't know he did I didn't realise he did it. As soon as I saw it, like, he's out. And it's been confirmed that he'll miss a week. I don't think we're going to be appealing that. That's pretty dangerous to be, to be fair. Do you put Benzie straight in? Is this as in, you know, in, in two weeks time. Was it bins or
2: I don't know. Do they roll the dice with Dow and maybe get someone else in as a sub? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Bins. I've watched him a little bit. I don't watch the VFL every single week, but when I've watched him, he does, he likes to take that kick and he's got, he's got that run in him. He's got that engine, you know, his ball use isn't isn't phenomenal his decision making Mm. is good but his execution isn't phenomenal and i just worry that his body's not quite there yet that's all and i i hate i hate that we've got this history at times of throwing kids in too early just because we think they deserve it because Mm. they're 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 a new draft pick and and they've strung together 10 games in the vfl like i would preferably I would like to see Bins play twos all year and all of next year. And then when he's 21, 22, and he's put on a little bit of size just to be able to compete at, at the level, um, get him in. But, you know, I I don't know. I, I don't know if we've got a like-for-like like replacement for Cottrell outside of maybe Fisher at this point if we trust him, to be honest. So um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting.
1: Fair. Pom, what would you do?
0: Bins, mate so keep
1: that with the sub or or bring binz as the sub
0: I, she, hewitt would be a shout but personally i think voss has accidentally found the midfield combination uh i, I personally think moving forward uh, unless we adapt something I, I think that having a few rotations is how the top sides play and i think it, it forces them to rotate binz i think he's earned it I think he's hard at it like Hollins as well. And he's the closest to Cottrell because he is very offensive. He's very aggressive. So it doesn't change too much structurally. You know, he's going to be ahead of the final third. And I think, you know what, against Hawthorne, young wing, young wing combination there. They've got aim on and then they float the babies through. It's, it's a free brainer. He's not going to be outbodied, So they get a free go at it and see what he is. So I think throw him in. Let's see what he can do.
1: True. Fair. Yeah. Very true. Um, Ur has just donated, I can see, 20 Blue Broad memberships.
2: Oh, wow. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) That's,
1: that's, uh, yeah. Thank you very much. So 20 of you are now members of the channel. Welcome. Um, All right. Let's look ahead. So tomorrow, the jumper punch. Have a look at the guest this week, guys.
0: Yeah, whenever you're ready, go for it. Hi, I'm Dean Rice. Uh, uh, let start again. Start again. Hi, <laughs> I'm Dean Rice, '95 Premiership player. Um, come and watch the Jumper Punch every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Oh, uh, you're a professional. Well done. Good stuff. Good stuff.
1: Shout out to Rocker when the boys, the jump a punch. 7 p.m. tomorrow on the Blue Abroad YouTube channel. Pommy, what happens on a Tuesday when there's no teams on the Pommy and Oz YouTube channel?
0: Well, we'll have a sabbatical, but we will we'll bring something. We'll bring something. Stay tuned. I'll work on something sexy this week for you because we got a week off. So stand on me, but. We will have the Faz and Pom show Wednesday, as usual. We will have a week off because I need to bully Faz and the rest of the Australian population for my team wrapping up Test Series 1 in Ed Baston. So um, we'll be flying the flag there. Um, yeah, and we'll probably have a bit of fun for the rest of the week. Yeah,
1: sounds good. Uh, the rest will be here on Wednesday. I think the Besties will have an episode up on Wednesday as well. Also, stay tuned. Um, I've got something in the works, a little a little thing in the works this weekend that we're, we're going to look to put together. Pom, Joe, you both don't know about it either, so but you're going to be involved. So just, just stand by. Um, oh, and that's it. Guys, have a good night. Have a great bye weekend. Watch some footy. We know it's going to be stress-free this weekend. Joe, thanks for joining us. As always, Pom, thanks for being here as always. And uh, how good. How good. A smile. Very good. Very good. Yeah.
0: Peace out, everyone. Good night. Okay, guys. God blues. And come on, the Poms. Smash the Aussies. God blues.